Father, I want to thank you for each person that's here. Father, thank you that each one is here for a reason and that you've called us here. And Father, I pray that this message will speak life into people, that it will bring breakthrough into people's lives, that lives will be challenged, that lives will be touched, encouraged. In Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I've been part of our church since I was about five. I'm turning 40 this year. Danny, are you 40 yet? Yeah. Lucy, happy birthday. Um, I've turned 40 in November. Wow. So I've been in church for 35 years. And I've been in a few churches, um, one, two, three churches in 35 years. And if you've been in church for a long period of time, you go, th- you are go through seasons. You go through really great seasons in church. You go through average seasons in church and also difficult seasons in church. Would you agree with that? You've been in church a long time? Yep. When I started leading LifeGate Church, there were a number of different groups in the church, and it was a bit hidden. And as when I became the leader and started speaking about the direction, people started to pop up, and groups decided to pop up around where they wanted LifeGate Church to go. And that was a really difficult season for me and my, and my wife as we try to navigate that as a new pastor. And there was one family in particular, one guy who had mentored me, that had spoken into my life, that had um, journeyed with me for many years since I was a young guy. And, and, and he and his family were in, in one of these groups that were pulling against where I believe God was taking the church. And he didn't just say it and then move on, but he made it really difficult for me. He spoke about me behind my back and he ended up leaving the church and it was very, very painful. Rather than being the guy who stood up for me and supported me as this new pastor who didn't know what they were doing, just trying to work it out, he made it very difficult for me. And that was very, very painful. And I'm assuming in your lives that you've been through seasons and through relationships and through friendships where people don't treat you in the way that you should be treated, where people treat you poorly where people maybe say something horrible about you or tell a story that's not true about you or write something on Facebook that's not true about you. A spouse could hurt you by doing or saying something. When these seasons, when these things happen in our lives, how do we respond? What do we do with that? Our, our, our theme for our church this year is, is one. And Ken mentioned that we're talking about what does it mean for us to be one as a church one in our relationship with God, one in our relationship with others. What does it mean for us to be one? And, and, and the idea is that as we're one with each other, that we're heading in the same direction, that we are on board and we're loving each other and supporting each other and moving together. But the reality is, in a church where there are people, where we're broken, <laughs> trying to work it out, we're going to get it wrong. We're going to say things that aren't nice. We're going to tread on people's toes. We're going to get it wrong. And friends, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to upset you. And if I haven't already, it will come. There will be a time when I will upset you. And I said this at the nine o'clock and people laughed and some lady in the back nodded. Yes, I've definitely hurt that person. And this person stuck their hand up. Aiden, my son, stuck his hand up. Thank you, Aiden. That's lovely as well. In a church, we're going to do things. And it's usually 99.9% of the time not intentional. We don't deliberately go out to hurt people, do we? But sometimes it happens. What do we do what do we do when that happens? Friends, um, I, I believe the message I have for you today is, is, is around forgiveness. Friends, God wants us to forgive others when they treat us poorly. God wants us to forgive others when they hurt us. 
God wants us to forgive. What does it mean to forgive? Let me give you a definition. Forgiveness is around release. It's around giving a pardon for wrongdoing. Forgiveness is about deliberately releasing feelings of resentment. It's forgiveness is about releasing the desire to pay the person back for their wrongdoing. You know, when someone hurts you, the unnatural response is to pick up your gloves and wanna and wanna pay back and wanna take revenge. But that's God's job. It's mine to repay, the Lord says. It's mine to do that thing. Friends, God wants us to forgive. He wants us to release, pardon, release the desire to pay the person back for what they've done to us. Now, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not, this is important, it's not about glossing over or denying the seriousness of an offence against you. Forgiveness does not, con- does not mean condoning or excusing offences against you and doesn't mean, in some cases, releasing the people from legal accountability. So, and sometimes it's appropriate to go to the police. Sometimes it's appropriate to get the government involved. Romans chapter 13 talks about how God put the government in place. Forgiveness is about these things, releasing the desire to pay the person back for their wrongdoing. Friends, God wants us to forgive. He wants us to forgive. Let me tell you why. Number one, it's for our benefit. There's this amazing quote. I've shared it lots of times. Forgiveness is like unforgiveness. is like drinking a deadly poison and hoping the other person dies. It, unforgiveness damages you. You know, when you have bitterness or anger in your belly against someone else, that doesn't affect them. It affects you. When someone hurts you a week ago, two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago, 20 years ago, however long, regularly they've, they've forgotten about the incident and they may, even, they, don't, they may not even know they hurt you. And they're going, about, they're going about their life, going through day to day, not even thinking about you. And if you're holding this unforgiveness, this bitterness, this resentment in your heart, you're still carrying this burden that that other person has got nothing, they're not even thinking about it. But, you, but you're carrying this. And when you carry bitterness and resentment and hurt, it affects your thinking. It affects your chemicals. and can make you, make you physically sick. God wants us to forgive for our benefit. And the second reason I want to say God wants us to forgive is this. Because God forgave us. In Colossians 3 to 13, it says, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive just as the Lord forgave you. How did Jesus, how did God forgive us? By sending His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And when Jesus died on the cross, He didn't just forgive you for one sin or two sins or five sins or ten. He forgave you for all sin, your past, your present and your future. And that is the example for us. Forgive people for what they've done in the past. Forgive people for how they treated you today and, and decide to forgive them for how they're going to treat you in the future. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I want to take you this morning to Matthew chapter 18. An amazing passage of Scripture where Peter comes and talks to Jesus about forgiveness. And he says, how many times? And Jesus says, don't just forgive someone seven times, but 77 or continually over and over, just like God has forgiven you over and over and over. That's how we're to forgive others. Let's have a look at it. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? 
up to seven times? Jesus answered, no, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. In other words, Peter says seven, that's a whole heap. Seven's like once, yeah, twice, really? Three times? That's a lot of forgiving. Seven times, surely that's enough. Jesus says, no, no, keep forgiving. Just like God has done, keep forgiving others. That can be very, very difficult. And then Jesus tells a story to emphasize his point. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, wow, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had sold, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, showed mercy on him, cancelled the debt, forgave him, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But that servant refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours that you could not repay. Because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Wow. Aiden Green, come on down. Daniel Hackett, come on down. Come on down, Kenneth Woolley. Kenneth Woolley. Kenneth, is that your name? That's your name. Three. Now, Daniel is the uh, rich man in the story, the master, the king. The guy who is very, very wealthy. And this guy is the second one in the middle, the sandwich. And this guy owes you 10, in today's money, $10 million. And he, and he, and he comes to you and he, and he says, I can't pay the debt. And you respond and you say, well, you are, need to be thrown into prison. And as a response, he... And what do you say, Master? Okay, okay yes, that's fine. Forgiven. How do you feel about that? Very, very excited. Awesome. Very, very excited. Now, you went go and find this guy who owes you $100. And, and what do you say to him? Please forgive me. <laughs> and what's your response? Please, please, come on, please. What's your response, Aiden? Strangle him, man. Strangle him. No. That's it. Give me <laughs> No, awesome. Thank you, guys. No, don't kill him. You've got to get the money back. Yeah? And then so this guy gets, him, gets Ken thrown in prison until Fiona, his wife, and his children can raise the $100 to pay Aiden back. Thank you, Ken. You're in prison. Now, the servant, Martin, finds out about this. And Martin says to Daniel, what? Wow. How do you feel about that, Master? 
Angry. And so what are you going to do to him now? Oh, that's it. I'm going to send him back. I'm going to send him to jail. Getting tortured. <laughs> tortured. <laughs> until he can pay back every cent that he owes me. And he's never going to be able to pay it back. Imagine paying back $10 million. You're in, you're in prison forever. Good job, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's the story. What's the point of the story? The point of the story is this, that we're, the, we're like the guy in the middle, firstly, who has this massive debt to pay, and it's not money, it's sin. That God, the master, the one who is righteous and godly, we have this debt towards him, and it's this, there's this debt that we cannot repay. We cannot be good enough, we cannot be nice enough to repay the debt that we owe God. And as a result, we deserve punishment. We deserve prison. But because of the kindness of God and we ask God to forgive us for our sin, the master pardons us. And then as we go about life, we encounter people who sin against us. We encounter people who owe us $100, don't pay us back, steal things, lie, lie say horrible things about us, tell stories about us. We, we, we encounter people who treat us poorly. And in this story... The guy in the center, Aiden, did not forgive. He didn't. And Jesus is saying, that's not okay. God has forgiven you so much. Surely you can forgive others for the small things that they've done. This uh, verse goes on. Scary verse. Here it comes, verse 35. He says, this is after the master sending him in prison, having him tortured. Then Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. Unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In Matthew chapter 6, 13 to 15, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. I'm getting to it. It's there somewhere. What is it? <laughs> forgive us our, our trespasses or forgive us our debts as we have forgiven. Now we can read these, these, these three verses and, and, and we can think, well if, well, if I don't forgive, well, God won't forgive. And therefore, if I'm a Christian, I could lose my salvation. That's one way of reading it. That's one way of reading it. And, and, and we could wrestle that out one day. Or you could say, well... Um, how much, I, how much God's forgiven me, I need to forgive others. And we can wrestle all those thoughts out, but, but I don't want to say that. What do I want to say this? That forgiveness is the normal Christian life. Forgiveness is the normal thing we do as Christians. We have been forgiven so much, and as a result, we choose to forgive others. Here's the analogy for you. Brought a bag of rocks today. And in our lives... We have people, what are you doing, Aiden? We have people who treat us poorly. Maybe Daniel lied to you once about something. And then Martin jumped on Facebook and wrote something horrible about me on Facebook. And maybe Ken, he didn't do something that he said he would do, and that hurt. And then Diane, she gossiped to Alyssa, who then gossiped to uh, my mother, who then gossiped to Rick. And then all those, all those, all those people hurt me. And then my spouse didn't didn't do their part of the bargain in what they said and and as we go through life these people treat us poorly but but compare that pile of rocks to the next pile of rocks 
which is how we treat God. Every time we lie, that's a sin against God. Every time we steal something, we, we, we take something that's not ours, is a sin against God. That's all right, just leave it, Matty. Every time we don't honour our parents, every time we don't treat our spouse in the way that we need to treat our spouse, these, all these things just hurt God. And if we think about our lives, our lives easily look something like this in relationship to our sin towards God. This massive pile of sin that God has forgiven. And in this passage, Jesus' point is this, that God has forgiven you all your sins, which is a massive pile. Therefore, when that person does this to you, choose to forgive them. God has forgiven you for all that. Choose to forgive people for what they've done to you. Now, you might be thinking, Nathan, that's, that's, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the pain. You don't know the hurt. You don't know what, what that person has done to me. And you know what I don't know? I don't know your stories like they, they, they're your stories, they're your journey. And maybe in your life, people have treated you so, 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 so poorly. And if that's true, I'm, I'm sorry for that. And maybe you go, God wants me to forgive, but there's this huge pain. How do I... How do I connect them? Well, the beautiful thing about God is that whenever God asks us to do something, He always gives us the ability to do it. And in this case, it's by His Holy Spirit, where He empowers us to forgive. He helps us to forgive. He gives us what we need to release, to pardon, to not want to pay the other person back from what they've done to you. So if you heard that message today about all the forgiveness that, that our God has done and how people hurt us and God wants us to forgive, know that he wants to help you to do that this morning. God will empower you. So now let me give you some really practical steps to forgiveness. Five here, number one. If, if you want to choose to forgive others, number one. Firstly is to confess unforgiveness. Tell God that you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. Because God doesn't want to If you've got unforgiveness, that's sin. Yeah? Not supposed to be there. So God, I've got unforgiveness. Number two, I ask God to help you, help, ask God to help you forgive. God, I need help to forgive this person for how they've treated me. Number three, tell God you now choose to forgive that person for that action. Insert the action. God, I choose to forgive that person for that action. Then ask God to heal the hurt and bring healing to the memory in your heart and mind. God, heal my heart and heal that memory. And finally, pray a blessing over the person that's hurt you. Really practical steps. Friends, God wants us, us to forgive. Let's take a moment right now. Let's take a minute. As I've been talking about this, maybe someone has come to mind. Someone who's hurt you and no doubt someone's come to mind. If no one's come to mind, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. And go through this process. God, I'm sorry. I've held unforgiveness against this person. Help me to forgive them. And then choose to forgive that person for that action. Ask God to heal your memories 
heal your heart and pray a blessing over them. Take a minute and do that. God, we thank you that you are a God who forgives us. And God, you call us to forgive others. Father, I pray that you would empower us by your spirit to forgive others. And that forgiveness will be a natural thing for us. As people hurt us, we will release it. As people treat us poorly, we will pardon them and we'll live a life of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen? As we go forward as a church, as we talk about being one, people are going to upset you. People are going to tread on your toes. People are going to hurt you. It's part of being human. It's part of the fallen state. It's part of being in the community. When that happens, choose to forgive quickly. Don't hold the grudge. Release, release, release. Imagine a church where people didn't take offense, where people quickly forgave, quickly released. Imagine the health, the unity. Imagine that church thriving. In Jesus' name.